Hi, I'm Melissa. Hi, I'm Kara, and you're listening to Cultivated Conversations. A space where we talk about life, family, work, where we're getting it right, and where we're getting it wrong. And what it means to live and purchase ethically in a fast-moving world. Grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine. Pull a seat up at the table and know that wherever you are on your journey, you belong. And we are so glad you've joined us. Welcome back to the podcast, ladies. On the show today, we have Anna Patak. She is a fashion designer for a lot of ethical brands and an adult adoptee. And I'm really excited on the show today, we're just going to get to know her a little bit better and talk about designing fashion forecasting, which y'all know I am super interested in anything fashion related and fashion design related. So this was a really fun conversation. It is split up into two, like our last guest. So today we're just going to get to know her, talk about her work in the fashion industry. And then next week we'll talk about her story as an adult adoptee. Enjoy. Well, welcome, Anna. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We connected on Instagram just a few months back. This is our first time chatting, and so... It is! (laughs) Get excited! I am so excited to chat and get to know you better and to let our listeners just tag along for that conversation. Yeah, let's get going. I'm excited. (laughs) For our listeners, for myself, tell us about you and... Family, work, dogs, all the good stuff. <laughs> she knows about the dogs because she follows me on Instagram and pretty much 90% of my Instagram stories are of my dog. So if you're a dog mom, you get it. Um, and yeah, so I am based in North Carolina in Raleigh and we've lived here for about two years. We went from Greensboro to Raleigh, so not that big of a change. We moved here for my husband's job and um he is an engineer and it's so funny because he likes spicy food he's an engineer and so when people meet me they're like oh he's indian i'm like no because <laughs> he has all these stereotypes yeah, yeah and they're right. like nope he is white as they come um <laughs> but yeah so uh moved here and yeah, like I said, I've been here about two years. I've really been focusing on what God's called me to do with blogging. Over the past few years, I've been designing with different ethical brands. Uh-huh. And one would be Elegant Tees. I had, I'd launched with them at New York Fashion Week in 2015. Wow. They were so great to work with. Um, if you've heard about them or haven't heard yeah. about them, their clothes are made in Nepal by overcomers of sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And they teach them a trade. They pay them fairly. So to help prevention, prevent them from going back in. Because if they have a job and they yeah. have a skill, they can support themselves. Katie, the founder, was really great to work with me because I don't have a fashion background. My background uh-huh. is actually in law and policy. My degree was in sociology and criminology. I always joke that I'm like the Indian version of Legally Blonde minus the law degree. (laughs) Because it's just, if you just, if you look at my testimony in that, it matches up. But uh, yeah, so she was so great to work with me, but she was like, Anna, we got to make it sellable. And I was like, but I like this color. Everything I kept saying, I want it in coral and turquoise, because that was my two favorite colors at the time. She's like, okay, you have like five pieces in coral. And she is the best person at giving compliments. Like, she's incredible. She'll be like, you know, this good compliment sandwich person. She's like, this is great. (laughs) However, but that part is awesome. And so that's just 
how it was working with them. They're absolutely incredible. Um, so they we met on Twitter. Tell about Instagram. Like we met on Twitter. That's it. how everything started. Yeah. So I've been designing stuff with them. So my next piece comes out this spring. And then um, it's in sewing production. I just got a picture yesterday. I did Drisimber last year. For those that don't know, Drisimber yeah. is a uh, international campaign. And they basically – you wear a dress in December each day mm-hmm. or some type of clothing. For men, it could be a bow tie or some woman, it could be a cardigan, whatever. But primarily, it's dresses. And every day in December to bring awareness and then you fundraise. So mm-hmm. they select a few designers and they selected me last year. So, awesome. uh, yeah, it was really great. So, um, it was really great to design a piece where I had full control where, I mean, I do have that with elegant tees, but we have to limit what matches their brand. Uh-huh. So that was really great. And Blythe and her team at Dressumber have been incredible. But yeah. as far as like my other part of my life, yeah, I have two dogs. One is Ava. One is Liam. Liam is a little over two years old. He is a Labradoodle miniature labradoodle and then there's ava who is a rescue mutt and she is nine months i think going on like two years because she's just sassy (laughs) sassy 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 but yeah yeah. so that's kind of my life what i've been doing with like design and then um i was trafficked in the states uh in high school and so i do use my story for his glory as you would say but yeah i'd say my focus is like i said primarily with law policy and ethical fashion so yeah indian version of legally blonde there you go i love it that's awesome that's awesome and now your dogs we were chatting about this earlier the dog that eats your shoes ava (laughs) ava the baby one has she eaten two pairs of shoes she ate she ate maybe three pairs so what happened was one day i went to Lidl to get groceries came back unloading them i go back out uh to get I had been wearing heels because I came from a meeting. I take my heels off, leave them at the door, pop out to grab one little bag. Within that time, I come back of 30 seconds. She chewed up my shoes again. And I was like, come on, like 30 seconds, 30 seconds. It's just, yeah, whatever, whatever. And then I got I really the respect back. the patience here. Of- <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then I ordered a new pair. And I can't tell if they're the same color as the old pair. And it just... <laughs> That's my life. But it's okay. We love them. The things we do for our kids. Yeah. yeah. The things we do. Yeah. yeah. One day it'll be human kids, but for right now it's fur babies and there. I actually had a woman I met recently who has two kids. They are left the their empty nesters, so she got a dog. She's like, having a puppy is harder than having kids. Oh, yeah. well. But <laughs> so I think it's just they're preparing hard. you. Yeah. I think they're hard in both ways. Yeah. 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 Now you are also a model, right? You've modeled for a lot of ethical brands. Yes, I have. I have modeled for different ethical brands. When I was in high school, I actually did modeling. Uh-huh. And I guess people were attracted to me as a model because I'm Indian. So I kind of make, I, you add me and there's a black and a white model. And then you add me and it's like, oh, we have an international selection <laughs> of models for this agency. So yeah, like, I mean, it's more so... I just come into contact with people on social media and they're just like, can we send you something? Mm-hmm. And I take all of my own photography, if unless I'm crediting it, which usually I credit, I remember to credit the majority of the time, but yeah. um, I do it on my cell phone. <laughs> I have a tripod for That's my cell awesome. phone and I do all my own photography and um, I have a remote in my hand that's super, super tiny, a Bluetooth uh-huh. remote. So 
if you ever look at my pictures, I usually have one hand on my hip or one in a pocket or something or and you can't see the other hand really well. I yeah. did mess up for a December photo and it was the one they kept using. You could see the remote, but it was only if you knew to look for it. Yeah. Only if you knew. So yeah, but then there's also like the Root Collective, which uh-huh. is a great uh, ethical brand for people who like flats and boots. Um, they're made yeah. by men and women in Guatemala who are coming out of gangs or like really bad situations. So I modeled for them recently, but a lot of it is people are like, can I send you this? And then can you take pictures and post it online? I'm like, sure, okay. So <laughs> sure, I guess you could call me a model. I'm a model by choice. <laughs> but it works out. I get a lot yeah. of free stuff, which is wonderful. Can't yeah. hate on that. Which the Root Collective, when you modeled for them, that's actually how I found you on Instagram. Really? I was like, oh, oh cool. Let me check her out. And then yeah start following and you know what's crazy like we talked about this how like you can meet people on social media it's insane yeah and i never met bethany before the founder of root collective uh Uh, literally she put a post in her social media group she's like i need a model if anybody's local so i commented and then molly stillman from still billy molly was like yes her pick her yeah. So when I got there, I'd never met her. I'd never really, really talked to her except an email. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when I got there, I thought it'd be kind of awkward, but I just gave her a hug and it was just like, okay, let's go. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was just, we got along fine. It was cool. Yeah. We the same size clothes for the most part. So when we were doing, a lot of brands had donated stuff, but there was a few pieces where she's like, these are my clothes, try them on. And it was just a lot of fun. And it That's worked awesome. out well. And like, Molly Stillman is another, she's a blogger uh-huh. with Still Being Molly for people who don't know. And Doing a shoot with her is hilarious because she will build your self-esteem. If you don't have it, she'll be like, work it, girl. Work it, girl. Like, she'll be like, yes, yes, more. Oh, my gosh, you're gorgeous. Like, that's pretty much how it went for two and a half hours. And, that's um, awesome. Yeah. I feel like that's how my photographer is. And then she sends yeah. me pictures back, and I'm like, I didn't know I looked like that. Right? <laughs> yeah. It was – yeah. Molly did a great job. She did a really, really awesome. good job. So it was a lot of fun, but I was like, yeah, I'd never met her before. Yeah. But I look at all these other people I've connected with. I'm like, it's just crazy how you can do that these days. Yeah, like, it's amazing. It's it's insane. Yeah, it's wonderful, but it's weird too. Yeah. So I want to jump into talking about your fashion design work, which I am similar to you, not any background in fashion, but I would love to design at some point. And so I'm super interested to hear how did that even start? You briefly mentioned earlier that you designed a line for New York Fashion Week. I want to hear yeah. all the designs, how you, <laughs> all the details. <laughs> I want to hear about the designs too, but how did you yeah. get started? How that sparked yeah. your interest? All that. No. So how everything started with the design was that um, back in maybe like 2013, I uh, was on Twitter. I connected with their Elegant Tees PR person at the time. Uh-huh. And we were just chatting and they were like, can we send you a few pieces? This is before I got into fashion stuff. I wasn't a, wanting to be a blogger. I was literally doing only law and like speaking. And so they were like, we want to send you stuff just to bless you. Because they're like, we wish we could give you money to put towards like school or something, but we can't. So, so they gave me that. I was like, this is so cool. And then I got, I had a meeting in New York. And I was like, hey, do you guys want to meet up? They're like, well, actually, would you be comfortable taking pictures in our shirt that's based with an organization? And um, they were really great about that. And we did that. And that was the first time I met Katie. Like, I didn't even realize Katie was the founder. Like, I was just like, oh, she's cool. (laughs) And then 
I told her about my vision for fashion and just, and she's like, well, why don't you design a collection with us? I was like, what? So this is how the design process worked. People are going to laugh. So when we connected, I think like we didn't decide to do all of this till maybe that was in a May or June time. We didn't decide to do it till later that year. Well, I was about to leave to study abroad. And Mm -hmm. so I was studying abroad in Malta, which is a little country south of Italy in the Mediterranean, like super tiny. And like, I think it's like half the size of LA. Like that's how small it is. (laughs) Like if you're zooming in on a map, you would still miss it. But anyway, so, so how the design process starts for someone who has no design background is that I create a Pinterest Pinterest board and Uh I say, these are the things that I like. And then they're like, well, the sewing won't work because we only work with Jersey fabric. So right. which is like a for people who don't know who Jersey fabric is, it's like a cottony fabric comparable to like T-shirts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do the Pinterest board. They look at the Pinterest board and they're like, OK, that's not going to work with the fabric. And then I'm like, well, what about this? They're like, the girls can't make that yet. Like at that point, the girls didn't know how to sew on a button like they do now. But oh, wow. um, so it was very, very simple. And Katie, like I said, Katie's incredible with just her encouragement and being real. And like I said, I always kept wanting to make everything coral and turquoise. And she was just like, we can keep doing everything coral turquoise. (laughs) But the whole um, collection was called the Freedom is the New Beautiful Collection. Uh I named the pieces after different overcomer leaders that I knew. And I also wanted to incorporate pearls. A lot of people don't understand with fashion that when you're sewing things like you think okay they just pop them on really quick it takes a lot of work to do beadwork that's why you have couture pieces that cost millions of dollars because they take so many hours to do I recently had a friend she's like do you know any wedding dress designers I want a dress design I said do you know how much that's gonna cost (laughs) because I I was the same way so um all of that happened and so I think we came out with like 12 pieces it was a lot of work it was a lot of fun definitely a growing experience and just to see like what that looks like, but they were there for me every step of the way. And it was wonderful. Yeah. They were really great to work with. Wow. So a Pinterest board and just talking back and forth. Literally, that's it. And then I finalize everything. They're like, okay, this is what it is. And I'm like, cause like they would be like, okay, what about this idea with like making one side a little bit shorter than the others? And I would be like, well, or we talk about sleeves, like the one yeah. that I'm releasing with Elegant Tees this time, like you have to really keep in mind who you're selling to who's your consumer and so a lot of the women who bought by elegant tees they're not stick figures and Mm -hmm. so a lot of women for example might be insecure about their arms so you have to design Mm -hmm. with that in mind so like this dress that i wanted to be sleeveless i had to rethink and i'm like no it needs to be a cap sleeve uh stuff like that same thing there so it really um you have to keep your consumer in mind and also i want whatever i wear for women to feel empowered and feel fearless in and um when they wear it they just they just feel the beauty within themselves come out so yeah Yeah. it's a lot of different things to keep in mind but once you do it a few times you're just like okay I get it now and then I had um they also taught me how to track trends so I can usually track trends out two years so they taught me how to do that yeah so you're now gonna teach me right yes I will this is something I really want to learn okay so I, like I said, I usually can't. I know I can do at least a year out. So how you track trends is, one, definitely paying attention to fashion weeks. Uh-huh. So there's ones all over the world for people who don't know, Milan, New York, uh, London, etc. And so those usually, they're never like, it's very rare where you're like, okay, we're showing spring or fall items. But you're like, it's May. Why are you showing them now? 
because then you know what's coming Mm -hmm. um, and stuff. So the designs will be released in the fall. But there are also places that do, they'll also do like a pre-fall collection. So you might hear about their pre-fall stuff in like January and then it's released in the fall that year. So that same thing with spring, summer. So those are really good things to pay attention to. Also, uh, pay attention to Asian fashion. Literally, they are always ahead. And I don't know how it happens, but paying attention to Asian fashion and things like that. Another thing, pay attention to what celebrities are wearing. If you look like Meghan Markle right now, the Markle effect is everywhere. Uh So like I've no a lot of ready to wear brands. Ready to wear means that it's instantly available. Like Uh ready, good to go, maybe a few months, but like a month or two, but like it's ready. And so like her stuff, if you go on the Royal Family Instagram and then you look at like like influencers and things like that, you're going to see they're pretty much pushing out what she what she Mm -hmm. was wearing. Uh, Very comparable. Yeah, those are those are the main things. There's also the pan. I forget how you say it. It's uh-huh. pan- the colors. colors. Yeah, uh-huh. so you can see what the color is going to be for the year. So usually, when you combine all of that, really, when I'm tracking trends, I'm looking at what's going to be sold in like a department store or an mm-hmm. e-commerce brand, not someone who's like got billions of dollars in their brand because they can release it more quickly. So right, that's right. usually how I kind of like dis- like think about what's coming. It's like, it's not that hard actually when you think about it, but like something else that with big brands they have the option for is there's a database where they can usually see with other Mm -hmm. uh, companies kind of see a little bit of what they're doing, why they do that. Because I'm like, wouldn't you want to stay ahead? But whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that costs like a lot of money to see. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Platforms. Mm -hmm. So, so that's why I've been actually like the last year trying to figure out how to do it without paying. Lots and lots of money. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) There you you. go. I think some good, I mean, I don't agree with the way they dress, but like Kim Kardashian, like I said, Meghan Markle, Haley Baldwin, Gigi Hadid, Victoria Beckham. Like these Uh are all people. I prefer modest fashion. So clearly some of them might not wear (laughs) fashion, but they also set set trends. So you have one piece or more than one coming out with Elegant Tees this spring? Yes, we have it. It's going to be called the Sherry Dress. It's actually named after a woman who passed away from cancer in our family. And she was an incredible woman. Um, And the reason it's like one piece at a time is that it takes a lot of money to do all of this. And when I even told Katie, I was like, if me collaborating with you is going to affect the girls not getting like we can't put more girls in the sewing center. I don't want to do it. So we're just doing yeah. one at a time for that reason. And also takes a lot of work with collaboration with like going between the pattern maker and then Katie right. and like it just takes a lot of work and a lot of manpower. So yeah, so that's why it's one piece at a time. If I had a better fashion background, it would be more. But I just met an organization. They want me to design an earring for the spring, which I've never done earrings. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then there's another jewelry brand, ethical jewelry brand that I'm talking to. Yeah, just a bunch of other brands. I really need to get to LA for like a good week um, to meet with everybody, but whatever. It'll work. It'll happen. It'll happen eventually. But uh, yeah, so that's a big reason. It's just funding. Yeah. Well, tell us about the dress coming out when we can find it and all that. The dress that's coming out, the sherry dress, it's in production right now. Like, okay. I just saw a picture of the final product yesterday. Like, yeah. with, I mean, I knew the final product, but, like, seeing it on a model. Right, That's going right. to be on the website. So, uh, yeah, and it's 
it's so when exciting. Are they... So it's fall. I think April or in May, April something or May. like that. Yeah, and it's going to be in black, and it's going to come in this magenta color. I was trying to figure out what shade of purple. There was another kind of a royal purple, but I thought the magenta would just really make, like, women who have lighter skin tones, it won't wash them out. But, like, women uh-huh. who are tan, it'll really bring it out. The other one would have worked one or the other, I feel like. Yeah. Um, but it is following the knot trend that's going on, um, you know, where you have, like, the knots at, like, end of uh-huh. a shirt or something. So it's yeah. following that. Cap sleeves. It's a dress that's, like, depending on how tall you are, like, either right above the knee or right below the knee. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's going to be able to be worn a variety of different ways. I really try to keep moms in mind when I design because they are also a huge that. consumer. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> They're also a huge part of the consumer um, uh-huh. population yeah. when it comes to elegant tees. With December, my dress, actually, I wanted to put pockets on it uh, because I wanted it to be where moms could put it on and feel cute because y'all get like, about five seconds to get ready. And (laughs) so the colors I used, I wanted one of them definitely be dark. So if y'all spill something, you're like, okay, I'm still good to go. But the pockets, I designed them so they were long enough where a cell phone could be put in them and deep enough. And I placed the pockets so when y'all put keys or whatever in there or crackers or something, (laughs) it won't bulge out to the side. So there was a lot of intention Uh with that design. So I really try to keep that in mind because moms deserve all of the credit in the world and you guys have like the hardest job most rewarding job but like I really want to create designs that keep them in mind and I mean as far as millennials they can put their cell phone in and have it right there ready to take their perfect Instagram shot yeah whatever it's just like you know but I really try to keep moms but really for the crackers yeah right (laughs) going to the zoo with the crackers oh my gosh yeah or just like here's a pacifier let's stick it in there and hope it you know, whatever, but yeah. yeah. So well, this moms is, are a huge thing. For me, my friends make fun of me, but I love dresses because it's the easiest thing to feel stylish in. I throw yeah. it on, I throw some jewelry on, and we run to the zoo, and I'll show up at the zoo, and my friends are in yoga pants, and they're like, what are, like, why are you so <laughs> dressed up? And I'm like, yeah. this was way easier than yoga pants. <laughs> yeah, it, like, I remember when Blythe Hill, the founder of December, it was Katie and I Blythe. We were all in the same conversation and they're like, what do you think about stripes? And I was like, and they were horizontal stripes. They're skinny horizontal stripes, but I uh-huh. was like, it's going to accentuate curves. And it actually ended up being an amazing fabric to work with. It didn't, the way the dress was designed didn't create that illusion. Uh-huh. And, um, but again, I also did it for the moms because y'all can throw it on. You have a pattern on there and mm-hmm. everything. So it also helped hide the pockets a little bit more. I was shocked with all that, how that Interesting. came out. But yeah, so if you are a mom, yeah. just know I got your back. I'm thinking <laughs> about you. I think you're great. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I know I want, I want to hear from you, your heart for supporting and purchasing from brands that are empowering and working with and um, employing overcomers okay so and will you explain what you mean by overcomers yeah so when I say overcomer I see mean someone who's overcome something really bad because I believe that I think that survivor is such an empowering term but I really mm-hmm. like what overcomer does where like when you meet someone like say they were in a car accident and you got injured 
And they're like, oh, you're, you know, immediately like, oh my gosh, you're a victim of car crash. Well, then they do physical therapy for two months, be like, yeah, you're a survivor. Later on, years later, you don't talk about the car crash. It doesn't really, or if you mention it, like it doesn't have any part of your identity. It's just something that happened because you Mm -hmm. overcame it. So I like to focus on what God says about me versus what happened to me and what was done and finding my identity in that. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather find my identity in what God says about me that's, going to stay with me forever versus being so focused on something that, you know, Mm -hmm. hurt me, if that makes any sense. So that's why I say overcomer. (laughs) I remember I was at a conference a couple of years ago and I was just, we had a uh, overcomer dinner for the conference. They did a special thing for us. And I was like, guys, I really like using the word overcomer. And they're like, oh, I like that's cool. And um, we were at a dinner, um, the final banquet. And this guy come up there was like, you guys are not survivors. You're overcomers. And I was like, Anna, they're using your word. I was like, it's not my word. It's in the Bible. And, and so it was really funny when that happened. And then Mandisa wrote the freaking song about it, like the song uh-huh. Overcomer. And I was like, man, I should have trademarked it. But then I was like, I can't because it's in the Bible, but whatever. But um, so that's what I mean by overcomer. And the reason I think it is so important with supporting o- – businesses that are employing overcomers because your purchase is giving them hope. And when I was in my program getting help, I went through a program called Mercy Multiplied. I was based in St. Louis and it was a free of charge program and we weren't making anything and getting paid for it. Like that wasn't the mission. The mission was to do residential care Uh and um, counseling, things like that. And I remember like when people would say they loved me or they would give me something, like I could not I kept saying, why are they giving me this? Like, I didn't feel worthy, but they kept, like, people would, like, and when I say give me, like, I'm saying, like, the donors, they would send us, the girls, all gifts. Like, Mm -hmm, you know, some new lotion or something like that and expect zero in return. Yeah. And I remember, like, it was just, I would just sob because I was like, wow, these people love me. I don't get it. And then I remember, like, a few months in when I realized that, for those who don't know, because I was trafficked in high school, I realized it wasn't my fault. I was working in a sexual abuse workbook, and then it just hit me. It wasn't my fault because I didn't know any better. And yeah. I remember I was, like, running around the house. I was so happy. I was so excited. And then after that, I could really receive love. Uh-huh. And so I remember at Christmas, their Christmas is incredible. Like, I tell girls, apply so you'll get in at Christmas time. And uh, we, yeah, and I remember watching the girls who had just come in, because it's a staggered program, so you don't have people just come in all at the same time. It's like two girls, then you get a couple more later on. Um, And the new girls were just sobbing. They were like, they're like, this gives us so much hope because they just hadn't gone through that process yet. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you're doing the same thing. You're wiping their tears. You're it's just so, so important just for their therapeutic part because also with the creative process, when you're doing like maybe math or English, it uses different parts of your brain. But mm-hmm. with creativity, it's using both at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're helping them with their, their health. Like they're just their mental yeah. health with these kinds of things. That's why you see a lot of people who paint and stuff like that. And it's like therapeutic for them. Yeah. Um, so that and then like you're just preventing them. And I think if preventing them from reentry. And if we can prevent one person from being raped for profit, to me, that's enough. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, enough to keep going. I think that we have right, a lot right. of work to do. But it's just like, you think about these girls and in, in the sewing center in Nepal and like watching them like 
they're able to just have a job and the joy in their faces. Like I've seen pictures, I can't share them, but like, oh, the joy is just overwhelming. And I think we get so caught up in America, we kind of get used to what we have and take it for granted that we have a home, we have these opportunities for education. And it's like, we forget to think through their lenses of what they don't have over there. Mm -hmm. So, and I know we're going to talk later about adoption, but like, you know, I think about what I, I know, like, I used to get angry with being adopted. We can talk about this later, but like, I used to get angry because I was like, God, why did you bring me here? If I was going to be, if I was adopted, like all this crap happened to me. And, you know, but I think about the educational opportunities and job opportunities over there and the things I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have over here. So, yeah. yeah. So have you been able to visit the um, sewing center in Nepal? No, I wish I could. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I haven't been able to. Uh, but December team, the December team went last year um okay. and katie's hoping to make it over there one of these days but yeah so like there's so many things i need to take care of financially and then we'll get over there but i hope yeah. so i hope so it'll yeah. be so great i was born in calcutta india so i also wonder how i'll be received there because there is that like racism type situation where mm-hmm. nepal people don't tend to like indian people and vice versa but whatever hopefully they'll see she's i'm not in that category <laughs> even though i'm indian but whatever yeah And we haven't jumped much into, um, you've mentioned it a few times about being an overcomer and having been trafficked in high school, but I don't want to focus on that as much because I know you've had some interviews that we can just link if people want to hear that part of your story. Yeah. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) But I do. Can we talk about adoption? Well, we're going to stop there and next week we'll pick up right where we left off talking about adoption and her story. Go to our show notes on our website, cultivated.fashion. I will link to some podcasts where you can hear Anna talk about her story as an overcomer of sex trafficking. Till I see you next week, go to Instagram, follow us at Cultivated Fashion. We'd love for you to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. That will help us out a ton. We'll be back next week.